want to say thanks again to Andrew Stallings for jumping on the podcast with us today. Uh, be sure to check him out Speak on Speak into the mic. Oh, God. God. I hate everybody. You suck at this. Can I, can I do it? Can I do my own outro? fourth episode and we're going to do something a little bit different today we have our first guest star uh what's going on everybody my name is matt hill here with cp richardson what's up guys cliff is actually off today um but we have our a special guest joining us um guy i've known for about probably 10 years or so uh his name is andrew stallings you can find him on twitter at a stallings 88 uh this guy's been uh used to be a producer for sirius xm radio uh he's working now in market and branding up in New York City. Uh, he's pretty big time, even though I like to remind him that he isn't sometimes. Um, but he is uh, he's a very intelligent, well-spoken individual. We're looking forward to getting some of his opinions on the Super Bowl commercials from last night. So, uh, Andrew, you want to give a quick uh, introduction to our listeners? Gentlemen, how are you doing today? What's going on? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, no, I appreciate you inviting me on. I, I think this is a very rich topic for a lot of good discussion and debate. Um, you know, myself, as Matt said, uh, worked in media and radio for about five years with Sirius XM Radio in Washington, D.C., across a lot of their sports channels, uh, NASCAR specifically. Uh, from there, in the past probably four or five years, I've transitioned with a heavy focus on marketing and agency life. I've worked very closely with a number of brands, both uh, in the U.S. and globally, um, you know, to really help understand what makes them tick and the proper messaging to their consumer audience. Um, experiential marketing uh, has been a big focus of mine, which is pretty much bringing the experience to life for consumers uh, and or people as we know them to date. Um, but I also pay very close attention to social, digital, and a wide variety of different marketing elements. Uh, for many brands that I work with and I work against day in and day out. Uh, so my current agency is Mosaic. Uh, we are based out of Chicago uh, and I'm currently working with uh, Anheuser-Busch here in the U.S. Uh, on their Bud Light brand and a variety of other brands, including Budweiser, Stella Artois, and uh, a few others to name. So looking forward to the discussion. Nice. Well, so, like we said, go ahead, TP. I was about to say, real quick question. Can we get free beer after this conversation? I really want to know uh, that. <laughs> I, I, I would think that uh, it's a given, and we have to make it happen. So I'll, next time we do this uh, intro live, I'll, I'll bring two 224 packs on me. I like it, sir. Sounds good. I like it. I like <laughs> it. Um, according to the USA Today ad meter, which came out you know, kind of as, as the game was going on, the number one ad was Amazon. With Alexa losing her voice. CP, what'd you think of that one? Uh, that was hilarious. Very, very funny. And I love that they intertwined the different celebrities and given us particular type of scenarios, especially the Cardi B episode, uh, example. And you couldn't beat that. That was pure gold. Did it make you want to buy an Echo, even though you and I both have like two? Uh, I'm already in the process of trying to figure out a reason to buy another dot. So, <laughs> uh, of course, it absolutely did. 
What do yeah. you think, Andrew? Yeah, I mean, for me, it was all about timing. So it, if you looked at it, it aired in the fourth quarter. Um, and I think the reason it got such high ratings is because we we were kind of on the edge of our seats looking at when was going to be kind of like the the really big blockbuster ad like what was going to be the one that was going to move the meter the most and i think leading into the fourth quarter i I think for me personally tide was the one that was crushing it just with the leveraging of the different assets both you know in commercial break to subliminally partnering with other brands such as old spice you know and even picking up the exchange across social media channels i mean it was remarkable to see how they were utilizing the conversation and just picking it up across every single platform, you know, in a lot of ways is what, you know, the audience wants to see. We want to see something that's compelling and interesting and something that's going to grasp you. But at the end of the day, slapstick sells. And, and, you know, for Amazon, you know, it's low hanging fruit. You know, you leverage your number one selling product, you know, that kind of speaks to your brand, some hilarious and very relevant celebrities. And I mean, it's, a no-brainer conversation. I think the biggest surprise to me in this commercial was how well CEO Jeff Bezos did in the very beginning, um, you know, in his kind of uh, <laughs> uh, kind of casual appearance in the first 10 to 15 seconds. Um, not a lot of people probably knew that that was the CEO of Amazon, but I mean, overall, I mean, I think even his cameo appearance uh, appearance sold it. I so think, I, think I think it definitely reminded me of a Stanley and any like Marvel movie that's out now. Like he basically pulled a Stanley cameo. Like you don't really know he's there unless you're really a fan or you really follow the company very closely. I know, of course, like Matt, you, you and I were huge Marvel fans. So of course, when we see Stanley, we're like, oh my god, it's Stanley in the movie, and we're we're looking for that. Not a lot of people. Well, even though those, for those cameos Hansen. to me, those cameos to me are getting a little bit old. But I want to go back to something that uh, that Andrew just said, talking about how we're waiting for the blockbuster ad or you know whatever that. What I think I can't remember exactly what you said, but I think in the last couple of years, at least for me, I feel like some of the commercials have kind of been underwhelming. To some yeah. extent, like I think, you know, especially maybe, I don't know, probably last, maybe at least last year, maybe the year before that, like I haven't walked away. Whereas like, a, you know, a couple of years before that, I, we would talk about commercials for, you know, two weeks. Um, and I don't think you've had, I don't think you really have that anymore. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, you know, the last year or so, there hasn't really been something that's drawn out for a full year. In theory, right? I mean, you haven't had something that that I would argue that has lasted the test of time, like some of the old Super Bowl commercials of of old day used to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that kind of pivots to another bigger conversation: is a lot of these brands are spending five million dollars, if not more, on some of these spots, and you know, it's it's just remarkable because the amount of other assets that you could leverage that money against is is unparalleled. So I mean if you think about it, I mean I I think I was reading something the other day from from one of my uh one of my colleagues in the field. I think he he put like 16 different bullets of assets that you could get um you know for the same price as a Super Bowl ad. And I think one of the funniest parts of it was like on top of all of the astronomical like assets that he laid out, the funniest one was that you could get seven Selena Gomez social media posts like on top of everything else, like for like a seven year campaign. I mean, can you imagine that? Like if I had Selena Gomez post anything about me seven times, I mean, dude, done. I mean, I don't need a Super Bowl ad. 
during similar like events, such as like the college football uh, championships or whatnot, um, having those commercials with uh, let's say Modern Warfare when they came out, and then everybody was anticipating that big release coming out, and then they pour all that money into that particular campaign during that time, and it gets further reinforced or building that um, that anxiousness of hey, I can't wait for this game to come out, and just seeing how some of the commercials during the Super Bowl yeah gave that same exact you know that anxiousness like I cannot wait to now go out and get that brand new dot that I've been planning on getting or get that you know whatever type of uh, type of uh, product that's out there you still you felt well, that-, that anticipation also. That kind of goes back to what he was just saying. Like the amount of money that you spend on a Super Bowl commercial. Like let's. Like, I'm gonna go back to your, you know, Modern Warfare example. Like you and I, and I know Drew's played video games in the past too. Like we we know when games are coming out, right? We know when. You know, if you want to drop a trailer, especially now with things like YouTube, if you want to drop something online, you can just drop it online, and that's that. Um, but to you know to 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 use that during the Super Bowl, I don't think you're getting as much impact as you used to, you know, let's say five years ago. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because the accessibility for those commercials, those accessibility for getting all the insider information from reviews to people on the inside, it's so accessible now. It's insane. It's wild. Okay. Well, let's move on. Let's go to number two. Obviously, was what was my favorite commercial of the night. Um, Eli and Odell doing Dirty Dancing Remake, um, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Because they kind of have- and build it up. You got like these quick, like ten second clips of Eli at practice, like throughout the night, and then in the fourth quarter they did the whole uh, dirty dancing, which I I thought was hysterical. What do you think, Drew? Yeah, I mean, I think it was definitely the the surprise that we were all kind of hoping for. Like if I if I were to say that there is one that kind of grasped me and finally took me in and said, okay, cool. I, I get it. This is awesome. I, I would say it was this one. Um, I think it was, it was pretty genius all throughout the evening to, to plant like the five or 10 second, uh, teaser teaser trailers. Um, and I think that's something that, you know, and when we speak more on, on the, what I think was the brand of the night, which was tied, like, I want to kind of hit, hit on this a little bit more, but you know, those subtle 10 second teasers, they weren't, really drawing a whole lot for me at first i thought okay maybe this is just a standard nfl charity you know like you know how they do united way Yeah. yeah yeah i was like okay cool like eli got it but i think the biggest thing that stood out to me from this commercial and i want to hear both your opinions on this is i always looked at peyton as the marketing machine like I said, oh man, like you know, nationwide is on. Like he crushes it. He just does. And he it had every- a commercial last night too. Yeah, but yeah, but last night Eli to me showed that he is going to pretty much be in the same boat and able to do the same exact thing as his brother when he retires. Maybe not so much with the same satire and like kind of you know southern charm and wittiness, but I mean even just with that kind of like dumbfounded look on his face. It, it sold me. I thought it was absolutely hilarious because it wasn't necessarily him. It wasn't something that like it wasn't acting. It was pure, genuine, like that's raw an athlete making an effort like and you almost kind of like 
look at it too much, maybe from a marketing perspective, like I do and say, oh, okay, you know, like that, that was just raw, but I thought it was just so hilariously genuine. I, I, I think like both he and Odell had a great time with it. I think everyone involved did. And I, and I think just the way it was structured, the buildup was, was very well placed, the 10 second teasers all throughout. And I think, you know, it finally won over in the end. So, I mean, kudos to the league for putting something together like that. Don't get me wrong. I couldn't tell you what the absolute messaging of it was, but I think again, slapstick sells, and that's ultimately you know what you want to remember at the end of the day. But as far from a marketing standpoint, again, what's important to remember is not that your Super Bowl commercial is remembered, but your messaging and how it's remembered, and as a brand, is just as important because if you look at the Michelob Ultra commercial last night as an example with Chris Pratt, right? How many people today were saying? Did you see that Michelob Ultra commercial with Chris Pat? Or were they saying, hey, did you see that beer commercial with Chris honestly, Pratt? Honestly, I forgot about the Chris Pratt commercial until you just brought it up. See? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, and let's look here. here. Uh, over under seven takes for them to get the Dirty Dan to move down, right? Uh, way over. Oh, way, way over. The question, my question is, did he really pick up Odell? Because <laughs> I don't know how the Giants know, organization man. will feel about that. There's, there's no way. Especially, didn't he end the year on an ankle injury? Uh, yeah, or, or he broke yeah. his leg, I think, something like that. Yeah, well, it was, it was an ankle injury. There's something. no way, even if that happened late in the season or whenever it did, and they filmed this probably five, six weeks out, maybe give or take. There's no way that the Giants would clear this kind of stuff. Definitely, some computerization has to be done. I maybe hope maybe wires. Up. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even know if they'll go that far because that's still even taking a risk. So the next one, number three on the ad meter list, was the Budweiser Stand by You. Do you guys have anything to do with that one? Yeah, not with this one particularly, but um, Mosaic uh, was able to partner up with a lot of Budweiser's existing partners um, that they mm -hmm. do a lot of these different spots with, um, Gray Agency being one of them. And we were able to help out on the Beer Country one with uh, the Clydesdales that I think mostly lived on their social channels. Um, I don't think it specifically got a uh, Super Bowl ad last night, but, you know, Anheuser-Busch across the board, uh, you know, they had Stella Artois and the Matt Damon water campaign. They had Michelob Ultra with Chris Pratt, um, you know, and they also had Bud Light with the Bud Knight in the Dilly Dilly campaign last night. So on top of that, to have the standby you had for Budweiser, you know, they continue to invest a large amount of money into these campaigns every year. Um, and I think it does work to the audience and the consumer that they're trying to reach. Um, you know, this this campaign, Stand By You specifically, um, you know, it's it's definitely the angle that Budweiser is trying to go with now. They they want to resonate with, you know, being kind of a nationalistic beer, uh, being the beer of of the country, of the fan. And, you know, you just see that more and more in the efforts that they're in the messaging that they're trying to display. Um, I think it's a remarkable ad. Uh, I think the efforts that they're trying to do from, you know, a sustainability standpoint and, and really try to to better like how the production of a company runs uh, from an efficiency and, you know, kind of a 
cost savings and even a uh, you know environmental impact perspective is is remarkable. So you know when you look at an ad like this, you know from someone who works with this company every single day, I mean they really are you know hammering their heads into the wall to really try and figure this stuff out and, and communicate it externally to people so they understand and and know that they're not just in the market of selling beer, they're in the market of helping change this world. So I think it was good. I, you know the the remake of the song um, in the background. I mean I think everything all in all it was good. Right. But I'm a little biased. All right. Do you, <laughs> of course. Um, but do you think, though, with the seller and has a bus to a foreign company, means they have to now make up ground so they're doing even more to help, um, uh, I guess, a rebuild, not really necessarily rebuild that brand, but say, hey, even though we're foreign owned, we're still here made in America. We still have all these really great qualities. It's the same exact beer that you know and love. We just have to be owned by somebody that is not in the U.S. I think you're always going to get some people who can put two and two together on that, right? Uh, but for for me personally, uh, you know, I'm from you know around Williamsburg, Virginia. Um, you know, so there's always the big Anheuser Busch plant there. We were kind of raised around that. Uh, both Matt and I growing up. I mean, there's there's certain elements to just having that presence in the country, you know, from people like us growing up that, that that's what we remember. I mean, that's what we know. Um, you know, so I can only speak to what I believe, but personally, you know, I think they still do everything they can to hone in on all of the zones across the world and what, you know, what they try to do and communicate and make this place, make this world a better place. So, um, you know, there's obviously some communication elements that go into it, but at the same time, it's, it's not so much the communication as much it is as it is the actions. And I think a variety of the brands in the portfolio, and if not all of the brands, are working to you know do their part. And I think Budweiser, you know, is definitely one that you know relates with America, and that's that's what they want. We're going to pause for a short break to talk to you about our domain hosting service, Google Domains. Here's what you get with every domain from Google private registration at no additional cost. When you purchase or transfer a domain to Google Domains, you can immediately start creating your website with one of their website building providers. You can also customize your domain with up to 100 subdomains and up to 100 email aliases as well. Check out Google Domains and see how easy it is to get started. Just type in your address bar, domains.google.com. And that is, um, based off of what you were what you were saying, Andrew. Do you feel that um, with uh, WeatherTech and their commercial that they did, kind of sort of reinforcing that, hey, we are built in America, we're sold in America. That's the way it should be. Do you feel like that's good into that sentiment that you were just explaining? You're gonna have to explain to me a little bit more what you're trying to get at. Right. No. So what you so you were mentioning um, about how. Hey, um, companies such as Anheuser Busch, that they are, you know, reinforcing all the positive things that are about their company, even though they're foreign owned. Hey, this is what they're still about. They're still about America. They've been, they're like the nation's beer or whatever, whatever you want to say, right? So, WeatherTech came out with a commercial during the Super Bowl. Also, is basically them building a, a wall for their plants, but and then at there the caption at the end that said, "Hey." This is made in America. It's not the way it should be. Kind of sort of reinforce that same same uh, that same trope of, hey, this is 
Uh, we're American. We care about American jobs, the American worker. We are more than just another company just out here just trying to make it make a dollar. Yeah, I, on that point, I, I think you you walk a fine line when you talk about politics um, in a platform such as this. Um, I couldn't tell you specifically how many brands last year went to political angle, but if you noticed, a lot of them kind of pulled back this year on on political messaging, and in a world where we're kind of overdoing it and over communicating it and everyone has an opinion in a platform and a soapbox right now this outlet was almost used and leveraged last night for a lot of brands to say let's show you a different side and let's not you know step step our toes into the water too much because it you know it's a big risk it's a big risk to put a high opinion like that behind a brand. So for WeatherTech, I mean, for their commercial, it's it may be relevant for them. It may be relevant for their consumer audience and the demographics and what they're trying to do. Um, but you know, for me personally, my opinion as as a marketer, a brand marketer, I always have the the strong opinion that it's okay to take a risk from a PR perspective, from a public relations standpoint, and really put a strong opinion out there. But you have to do it under the best timing, the right approach, and you have to have a contingency and pivot plan ready to go. And in that case, meaning think about the worst possible scenario that could happen. And you'd be surprised. So many brands and agencies lock themselves in rooms and they are forced to put out every single possible measure that could go wrong on even a social media post before it gets posted. And yet, it still, they still cannot get it right. Sometimes there's a lot of, lot of variables that go into even the most subtle responses to a tweet. I mean, like so many people get on Wendy's and they give them credit though, for having such a great, strong social Twitter presence right now. But at the same time, it's so dynamic and different because it's real and they're living in the midst of, of consequence. You you can Google how many times Wendy's has had a successful like comeback story, as many times as you can probably find search results buried in there that ooh they maybe shouldn't have said that. And you, risk has to weigh out reward. So going back to the conversation, I mean, you know, again, I think this year you saw a lot more people taking a step back from it, um, just because. I think it's very tumultuous times right now in the U.S. as far as the political standpoint goes. I personally, you know, I'm not on the weather tech agency team. I, I'm not on their brand team, so I can't advise. And, and to be very honest, I did not see that episode, that commercial in its entirety. But I do think that there is a time and place based on who you're talking to. And even if you're doing it on the biggest national platform, you never forget who you're talking to and who's going to buy your product first and foremost. And that's just marketing 101. So and uh, the next one, I think, we, which was at least my favorite of the night, um, other than like you and I talked about, Andrew, with Tide, um, I think my favorite of the night was the Doritos, Mountain Dew, Morgan Freeman, Peter Dinklage commercial. Um where they were rapping, lip syncing the raps. It just looked like they were having fun. And like I remember that just because I love Game of Thrones and Morgan Freeman's one of our finest working actors. Yeah, I mean, I, I think 
kudos first and foremost to Pepsi because a lot of people, you know, again, probably don't realize this. PepsiCo owns Doritos and they own Mountain Dew. So this is a trend that you saw a lot last night was a lot of brand cross pollination and cross promotion. Um, this was probably the most relevant one uh, for Doritos and Mountain Dew. And I think, you know, even as a consumer, you kind of have to take a step back and say, huh, how in the world, like, what is this? What is this a Doritos ad or is this a Mountain Dew ad? Like, what kind of ad at the end of the day are you speaking to this as from a consumer perspective? So I, I think personally, the use and leverage of, you know, Busta Rhymes, Missy Elliott, awesome. Peter Dinklage, mm-hmm. great, totally relevant today with Game of Thrones. And Morgan Freeman is your nostalgia. I mean, that that's kind of another variable of marketing that you always kind of want to hit in some of your, you know, advertising dollars is is what's the nostalgia factor? What's gonna grab somebody for your target that's maybe 18 to 24 year olds, but like your 40 year old like uncle is sitting there on the couch and just like, ha, I remember that guy too, that can grab him and reach him in and keep him talking. So that's kind of like your, your variable approach to that. Um, I think this one got a lot of traction last night, no question, you know? And I mean, this is just, this is the wheelhouse, like for, for what Pepsi has done. I mean, you know, they've, they've experimented a lot on kind of these off the wall campaigns and ideas. Um, but I think leveraging influencers and celebrities is kind of more prevalent than ever with them. And I think it worked. It it definitely got the most buzz in a lot of ways last night. Um, and it, it was kind of a reach as far as slapstick humor goes, but it, um, you know, I think it still worked, you know, for people like Matt, who's saying, oh, I love Game of Thrones. Oh, man, you put Peter Dinklage on there. It's game over. Uh, Morgan right. Freeman, boom, nostalgia. And, you know, then you got the hip hop nostalgia effect with with Busta Rhymes and Missy Elliott. Like, I mean, you, you can't really go wrong. Uh, more importantly, is that uh, Mountain Dew's answer to Sprite? Because what is Mountain Dew Ice? I don't know what it is. <laughs> they 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 don't pay my check, so I can't tell you that one. And, <laughs> and I don't drink soda, so I couldn't tell you that either. Yeah, yeah, we know. Healthy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I got to be honest, number five on this list, I don't remember the Toyota Good Odds commercial. Yeah. Oh. Oh, this is, this hits you right in the feels, man. Yep, yep. This is one of the this is one of the first ones that we saw um, in the first break of the Super Bowl, and it completely moved the meter. I think it was maybe the second commercial, and it was awesome. Like it just the way that Toyota leveraged their U.S. Olympic partnership this year is is gold. Um, you know, they highlighted a lot of the athletes and getting the conversation started for Pyeongchang. But I mean, for Toyota, it's mostly a do good campaign with kind of the extension of of everything that ram did which is a whole other discussion but the good odds excellent you know to to cp's point is awesome like this is you know hit you right in the feels was this the one with the girl skiing she she was like a paralympic gold medalist mm-hmm. is that what it was mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep uh okay i do remember this one then i just it said good odds i don't remember yeah, i will i will tell you um and i've seen this even from the summer um, even to this winter set of Olympics, that they are really pushing the Paralympic piece also, not just uh, with the commercials, but also even with the uh, the NBC apps that allows you to uh, watch the Olympics live from your phone for those events that don't come on primetime, um, that they are really making a true like push, like, hey, athletes come in all shapes, sizes, and, you know, pretty much from across the entire spectrum. And I think Toyota is just also, like you were saying earlier, just leveraging that, you know, that highlight or that call out as far as saying, hey, 
they, anybody can make it to this point. You just work for it, determination, you know, all those key factors. And, you know, hey, and a lot of times there's a lot of luck from that point forward too. But anytime you're partnered with the current Olympic Games, you should definitely use it. And I think, like he said, Toyota did the right thing oh, and yeah. definitely leveraged that partnership for sure. For sure. For sure. Um, the next one, which I know Andrew liked, I, I didn't, uh, the Danny DeVito M&M's commercial. Uh, can I just uh, say this commercial was terrible. So yeah. bad. And the reason I'm going to pull a Kanye and say, I'm going to let you finish, but Danny, <laughs> but Danny DeVito is the best. Uh, I mean, Danny DeVito is great. Danny, Don't he's, get me good. Wrong. he's good. He's good. I, what got, go ahead. Always Sunny in Philadelphia is one of the it was one of the best shows ever to come on television. But I I, I just I don't know. I, really I didn't think, buy into it. I think they're Eminem, shut, go ahead. Uh, Eminem is just had they've had or the Mars Corporation, whatever whoever's doing this, they've just had so many good commercials in the past. I feel like this one wasn't even remotely close to how good they can be. I think I was waiting for something more, right? I was like, hey, did Vanity Vito change? Like, I'm waiting for the lady to change, too, to see who they're going to use and have a, like, a hot and not scenario. Right. But but I was on the edge of my seat waiting for that scenario to happen, and it never came. And I I felt lacking from that. All right, go ahead. Defend it. Defend it, Conley. God. Guys, it's... Maybe okay. I will agree with you that the teaser, like the the five second spots leading into this, with him swimming in the pool of chocolate, that may have been a little bit too much. I would have loved to go into this and not know, have known Danny DeVito was going to be in it. If I had known that, it probably would have been even funnier for me. But looking into it, like. I, I, maybe it was just timing for me. I don't know. I think it just made too much sense. I think this relationship is too far along in the making. I, I think why in the world wouldn't you leverage someone that physically resembles an M&M? <laughs> like, I mean, if you really think about it, Danny DeVito is the red M&M. Just from a personality perspective, from a physical perspective, so many variables of this just make sense. Now, I'll agree with you. I would have wished to see how the rest of the Eminem's characters would have transformed into what celebrities. Maybe that is continuance of another commercial campaign later on in the year. But I think for right now, this was hilarious. Like, why why wouldn't you leverage Danny DeVito, Danny DeVito's annoying self running around the streets of New York, in Philadelphia, wherever he was, and asking people if they would eat him? Like, come on. I would eat Danny DeVito. You would eat Danny DeVito. We would all eat Danny DeVito. Debatable. Yeah. Debatable. <laughs> uh, the next one, which I I enjoyed, I know CP, I know you probably like to the Verizon answering the call with the people who have been saved from the house fires and, and things like that. I thought that was, I thought that was a really nice right. touch. Yeah. So Andrew, a little a little uh, I guess information about myself. So this commercial uh, hit me home because I'm a firefighter myself. So of course I see this. And I think to myself, like, man, like, you know, we are out here, you know, you know, every single day making a difference in somebody's life. But the part that ma- that got me the most is that when I'm on a call, I we have we use Verizon and we could be in BFE. And sure enough, if I need to get a call out to somebody, if I know if I'm in a sticky situation, I'm going to get through. No, 100 percent. No doubts about it. And just to see that commercial and have that resonate as far as the messaging as far as like that, I mean, 
you couldn't ask for a better scenario. Because even I told my friends, I'm like, hey, I've been in that scenario. And I never had a doubt that I was going to get my call through. Never had a doubt. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing more that you can say to it. I think for someone like you in your field and, you know, first and foremost, appreciate you and thank you for your service for what you do. But I mean, this is this is something that it hits home and it's it's perfect. Like amidst the the whole sprint campaign with with them stealing Verizon spokesperson. And I mean, you know, they had an NFL sponsorship like they you know, there's so many things Verizon could have done here. And when you're a big telecommunications brand like Verizon, like what direction do you go? I mean, what what direction could you possibly go with this? And I mean, kudos to the community agency for pu- pulling this one together. It's perfect. It's culturally relevant. It speaks to the right community and it draws the right amount of attention. And that's exactly what you were trying to do. When you're not looking to go the slapstick angle, what's the one that's going to kick you and grab you right in the feels? So I, I, I think this one should be much higher on the list. Oh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it definitely should be higher than the M&M's commercial. Um, <laughs> uh, we're just going to run through the top 10 because um, obviously we can't get to all 65 ads. Um, but number eight on the list was Lindsey Vaughn uh, with Alicia Keys, the girl on fire, the Olympics ad. Um, which uh, for me, take it or leave it. She's great. She's one of the best to ever do it. But yeah, okay. Yep. Same. CP. Uh, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, moving on. This one I thought was a little weird. Um, the Hyundai Hope Detector. Just the way it started out. Like you're in TSA and you're getting pulled into a room for what appears to be a cavity search. Yeah. Just imagine uh, being those people, though. <laughs> yeah. Like. Um, I mean, it's cool. Like the, the donations to child cancer research, which that's, you know, it's incredible. It really is. Um, it just, I don't know. It felt like it could have been a little bit different. Right. I think they, here's the thing though, is that they did a play off of, um, Subaru's, um, I think what they do during the month of December is that when you buy a new Subaru, you actually get to pick a, a, your charity that you want to donate to. And I think cause Subaru does like their big campaigns during December, but I think, Hyundai took it a step further and shelled out a whole bunch of money to let people know this, but I think they could have saved that money and then do like a, a day with our day or month in the calendar year and just like promote the crap out of it versus spending $5 million on a 30 second spot for this. Or donate that $5 million childhood cancer research. You could do that also. <laughs> sure. Do it. I mean, I don't know. Just, that's just me. I mean, it was a good commercial. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed it. I'm going to keep it simple. Like I'll, I'll tell you which ones really move the meter for me once we get down this list. But okay. these next few, yeah, they're, they're okay. Well, E-Trade, E-Trade. Oh, this one was kind this, of funny. This this was, this. But I think E-Trade, what they're doing, though, is that they're promoting financial awareness. Even if it's not just with E-Trade, it's like, hey, you know, three and four people don't have a retirement savings account or any type of IRA or 401k. Get started early, like that. Get it together, be, yeah. exactly yeah. right. Even if if it is not with them, hey, we provide this product, but they're doing the the morally responsible thing also and saying, hey, start saving now because you don't want to be in this position. Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was funny the old man running like a Baywatch bodyguard. I thought that was hilarious. I think the better one was uh, Lionel Richie in the very beginning in the first all call. night long, all night long. Yeah, where he wouldn't say it. He wouldn't I say it at all. I, yeah. It was great. 
Absolutely. Well, it's funny. There's something that uh, it's so on this breakdown they give you by demographic who, you know, male, female, uh, income bracket, all this stuff. Um, and on this one, this is odd. So performance by age range. Who do you think was like the highest rated? Like what age range was the highest? Don't look at it. No clue. Hit me. 65 and older. Mm. Makes sense. It's who they want to talk to. I mean, but kind of going back to what CP just said, I, I feel like with the message they were trying to get, I feel like they would want to reach that 18 to 30 demographic, right? Or am yes I wrong? No. no, yes and no. I mean, you obviously want to go younger and grasp people who may have just began, begun starting to think about it. But at the same time, there's also those people who are probably just on the verge of, of retiring that have no idea what to do. And they're like, Oh my gosh, like what, wh what do I do? Like I, I'm, I'm 50, I'm 60, I'm 70. Like what, what do I do? I guarantee you that that moves the meter more than you think for some people. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the pod life IO. You can also email the show at audience at thepodlife.io. Make sure to check out our blog at www.thepodlife.io for a list of past episodes as well as topics we couldn't fit in today's show. Last, but certainly not least, don't forget to subscribe and recommend us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us stay connected to you and helps us find new listeners. Well, that rounds out the top 10. So let's get down to the ones that we really loved. Uh, CP, start us off. When the Old Spice commercial popped up, I was like, oh, he has work again. I was like, look He's at back. that. He's back. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a Thai commercial. I'm like, ah, no. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Uh, that, that specific commercial, because as as Andrew hinted to earlier, it gives you that sense of nostalgia because that was such a powerful campaign by Old Spice, especially when it first came out, right? Because you have the combination of him with Terry Crews, too, and just like, you know, they played off of each other. And now, just to see Ty leverage that also, it's awesome, man. I mean, I, I would have never in a million years would have come up with a campaign such as that. Yeah, I mean, I think no question Tide reigned supreme last night. I mean, first and foremost, from the influencer and celebrity usage, um, Harper. Or Hopper, right? Hopper from, from Hopper. Stranger Things. Exactly. I mean, come on. Like, that that's gold. Like, I mean, if you can't get Millie Bobby Brown, you got to get Hopper. Like, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's what you got to do. So you get Hopper. You position him in a variety of cross-brand promotions. I mean, they did it with Mr. Clean. They did it with Old Spice. It was amazing to see how they were tricking people into these different ad like situations like watching the ad and the lead up and the build i mean it was it was genius and then as you were coming back to the game okay cool you know we're about to go back to third and two nope it's another tide commercial like <laughs> are you kidding me like the way that they were able to do it like in game in commercial and then the conversation like on social and digital was hilarious like i i mean they were just they were were encouraging all the conversation between the brands that they were interacting with and they just had a full-blown campaign live on every single platform personally 
I say for shame on USA Today. I have no idea how you put Tide so low when they had three notable commercials, sure. Like number 27 they have down here, then they have 16 and 17. Just how? Like it, it just it makes no sense. Like if you're if you're talking about how they creatively leveraged like the space, to me, maybe from just a marketing standpoint, that moved the meter more. Like again, I don't see things the way a normal consumer sees them. So I'm not looking at like, oh, that's just funny. But they did the same thing that the NFL did. I, I you know, here's my thing though, also, is that they used um they used, I guess, the momentum for the tie commercials. I mean, not the uh, the paper by doing the tide challenge, right? And I think what they did really, really well is to not even highlight that because I was expecting a full blown ad campaign of "Don't eat tide tide pods" or whatever, or that no. really, or that really terrible five second gif that I had with Gronk on Twitter. I was, I was expecting something similar to that, but no, well, they completely well, blow my expectations. The point I was going to make about tide is for the last month. The whole conversation about Tide has not been that it's a good laundry detergent. It's been that people are eating Tide Pods. And now you're looking at something where we're talking about now, we're talking about Hopper doing a fake Lincoln commercial, and, and it's a Tide Pod ad, or it's a Tide ad. So I think from that standpoint, I think they definitely changed the conversation, not only about how, like you said, you know, cross-promotional branding, that, that kind of thing, um, but they also – you're looking at they're talking about how we're not talking about people eating Tide Pods anymore. Yep, I agree. I agree. Tide Pods definitely drew the conversation and drew the buzz, so people knew and were very woke, for lack of a better term, on uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> on uh, on what Tide was and what was going on. So, I mean, it just kudos all the way around. They 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 dominated. No questions asked. So since we're all in agreement on that was the best one, I mean, I also want to throw in that the Crocodile Dundee fake movie was also pretty great, too. Um, I'm very disappointed that Kenny Powers is not going to be Crocodile Dundee. Um, but uh, what, were the, what were the worst ones? CB, I'll start with you, man. Go for it. Oh, man, there are so many bad ones. but I, And I'm sure I'm going to steal somebody else's. And that was the Dodge Ram commercial. Why in the world on Black History Month you use Dr. King's voice to promote a, a car that you are trying to sell? That is no excuse for that, and I don't care. That is, in in who in their right mind would think that was okay? Weren't we just talking about the political space and how dangerous it is for brands to kind of tiptoe? on on leveraging any political or historical or any culturally re- relevant assets into their brand messaging as you saw i mean you're not the only one man people were pissed about that last night yeah i mean that one that was pretty bad but for me i think that the worst one had to be the sprint android evelyn at like oh, i just I thought like that that was good no nah. That was that was awful. Like I thought that was terrible. Like I, it was it was a really, I thought it was a reach. Um, I just I don't know. It didn't do anything for me. And I have Sprint, so it, I mean I I don't know. I just wasn't impressed with that at all. Yeah, I mean I would agree with you. I think it was it was certainly a reach. No questions asked. Um, you know, 
me personally, I, I just get so sick and tired of, of seeing a lot of brands use old ads um, or old commercials into their pre-existing Super Bowl ads. Um, so what really, really killed me last night was looking at uh, Skechers uh, when they had their Howie Long commercial that has probably been out for months, a year, more. Uh, it's the same one that they have been playing for all this time, and they just plopped it right down in the same spot and let it play again. It, it, to me, you could not be lazier if, as a brand – to spend the kind of money and to dump that in. For me, if you're going to be lazy and not creative and reinvent something or put in the effort, just don't spend the money. Don't do it. Absolutely no way this fit. And there had to have been something, hopefully, that made sense for them to throw this in there. I hope they got a deal. I mean, hopefully with Howie Long as, you know, a good, you know, sponsor and asset to them, like, you know, they were able to to plop this in on a better cost perspective, maybe, but I, I still think that this was just such a lazy, lazy play by Skechers. They, they really could have done a better job. I challenge all their agencies to put them in a better spot next time. And, you know, if not, feel free to give me a call and, and we can definitely, you know, repurpose that and make uh, that a happen. plug for himself. Ah, had a boy. Had a boy. Hey, Andrew, um, right before we uh, wrap up, how can uh, everybody find you on social media? Yeah, yeah. I am always uh, venting about the Washington Capitals, uh, social media sports, and usually avoiding politics uh, on Twitter at astallings88. Um, you know, from there, you know, feel free to give me a follow, send me a message, whatever. Uh, otherwise, uh, LinkedIn, you know, no Tinder, none of that. So, <laughs> I, but you know, just, just keep me, keep me here. Like, you know, right on Twitter is fine. Twitter uh, plug is good. Sounds good. Uh, one other thing I want to get real quick from both of you guys. So there's a, there were, obviously there was a lot of trailers. Which one are you the most excited for? Solo. None of them. None of them. Really? You're not down with Die Hard with The Rock? No? no. <laughs> Skyscraper no, was even worse. Oh my god. Yeah, that, that's the one I'm, that's the one I'm talking about. That was terrible. <laughs> oh man. I I was uh a Jurassic World because I'm just a, a still a kid and I love dinosaurs. Jurassic World was pretty cool and so was Han Solo. I, I gotta I gotta get both on both of those. I, I think both are terrible. I, I, I'm so over remakes. Uh, you know, I'm a bitter old man when it comes to the remakes. Um I, I I'm just saying, and <laughs> I th I think that it was cool for Jeep and it was smart for Jeep to leverage like their commercial with Jurassic World. Cool, neat. Um, but otherwise, I, I would say like, you know, Mission Impossible, again, another remake. Like it just none of it. None of it's great, guys. Like we need a remake. It's a sequel. Well, okay, it's an extension of a continuous franchise that is making more and more and more. Like, it's just stop. We need more creativity. We need more like genuine, fresh ideas in Hollywood, and bring it on. It's that's, it's tough. I get it, but bring it on. Like that's dude, a whole other else. podcast. Maybe yeah, we'll bring you back. That's, that's, yeah, absolutely. Because because <laughs> there will be commercials coming up for it, and we'll always need our uh, our our expert <laughs> for sure. Okay. Well, look, we want to we want to thank Andrew for coming on today. He's a big help. Um, I'm sure we'll have him on in the future. Uh, the, we'll be posting the links uh, that we used for today's show on our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter. Uh, at the Pod Life IO and on Instagram at the Pod Life IO. 
Um, Andrew, thanks for hanging out with us for a little Andrew, while. Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, dude. Chris, Maddie, a pleasure as always, boys. Awesome. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at thepodlife.io. You can also email the show at audience at thepodlife.io. You can also follow us on Twitter. Cliff's handle is at Mr. Crawford one. CP's handle is at Blackintosh. And Matt's handle is at Matt R. Hill. Make sure to check out our blog at our website, www.thepodlife.io, for a list of past episodes as well as the topics we couldn't fit into today's show. Last but certainly not least, don't forget to subscribe and recommend us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us to stay connected and helps us to find our new listeners. Thanks again to my competent host today, Chris Richardson and Matt Hill down in the 804. This is Andrew Stallings up here in the 203 signing off and thanking the pod life for hosting me today. If Matthew Hill could actually do a line together, he would be doing this outro. Thank you. Have a good day.